Royal community, if you would love to keep us on the air, Rachel and I would be so happy if you come over to Kofi and buy us a cup of coffee. It's four pounds or six bucks, and that is used to support the podcast with all the hosting sites and any money that's needed to keep the podcast on the air. You can also join the VIP Royal community over on Kofi too, which is four pounds or six bucks monthly, and you get a VIP Royal community Zoom call each month. And also, you can become part of our exclusive Facebook group. Thank you so much for being here. Listening is enough, but if you'd love to support us, head over to Kofi, K-O-F-I.com. The link is in the show notes. Let's get on with today's episode. A grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis, and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up with Windsors. My name's Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And welcome, everybody. Welcome, Royal Community, to this week's episode. I had an amazing birthday. Thank you so much for all your birthday wishes over on Instagram and on our Facebook group as well. Thank you so much. Rachel, I went to see Jim the Shire Horse. He was amazing. I know. I was going to say, how was little... Well, Big Jim. (laughs) Big Jim, I know. He's on box rest at the moment. He's hurt his tendon. So that means lots and lots of carrots in his stables, which I'm quite happy about. Um, How have you been, Rach? Yeah, good. Busy, busy. Same old, same old. Getting nearer to the coronation. It's, It's a bit scary, isn't it? I feel a bit scared. I wonder how the king's feeling. <laughs> I know. I'm getting that kind of butterflies in my stomach feeling just because obviously not only will we be there on the mall with the rest of you royal community, we'll also kind of be working as well, won't we, Rach? Yeah, we've got a lot coming up over the next few months. So buckle up, Royal Community, as we normally say. <laughs> buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but good bumpy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got coming up today? So today we're going to be talking about the Royal Victorian Order. A lot of Queen Elizabeth's staff members have been honoured. We also have an update on Shaping Us and William in Poland. Amazing. So last episode, we actually just missed William going to Poland. It was like one of these like, oh, wow, this is a surprise visit. But we thought we would actually just do the whole of his visit in the Royal News. So that's coming up. So stay tuned. We've had a lovely voice note this week. which is from Ginny. Ginny is a long time listener. And honestly, we love Ginny, don't we, Rach? We do. We do. So let's play that now. Good morning, Rachel and Michelle. It's Ginny from New York State here. First off, I want to thank Thank you for yet another quality podcast. Each week I learn more and more about the royal family and the cultural and social aspects of your society. You educate us with grace and humor each week. Regarding Imelda Staunton being nominated for BAFTA, I completely agree with Rachel for a different reason. Her Majesty is not even gone a year, and I feel out of respect to her and the woman she was that no award should be given this year for anyone acting in the role of Queen Elizabeth, the modern woman. I think it's just best to remember her for the woman she was and wait it out maybe a year or two before we give awards for that. But I do agree. I don't think Imelda Staunton did a very good job acting in that one role. Love the podcast. Cannot wait to hear next Friday's episode. Have a great week. Oh, thanks, Ginny, for your lovely voice note. You have a great week as well, Ginny. 
Yeah, and you know what? Ginny should come on the podcast because she's way better than us. She didn't do any ums or ahs or anything. This is amazing. <laughs> Honestly. So what do we think then about Ginny's opinion? Is it in bad taste, Rach? Well, I think The Crown, with how close it was released to the Queen's passing, it was kind of a bittersweet moment, wasn't it? I mean, there was all this hype around it. And the general consensus, really, that it was kind of a flop. And it wasn't just amongst royal fans. That was amongst TV lovers that had watched this brilliant drama from season one. And as we always say, Royal Community, our favourite seasons will always be one and two with Claire Foy and Matt Smith, because to us, they were the best interpretation of Her Majesty the Queen and Prince Philip. But in a way, I do agree with Ginny, because I just feel like it was too close. But then, you know, this is Netflix and... They need to make it the money and they obviously have a contract ongoing and they need to get this last series out that they're currently filming as well. Yeah, I agree with you with it. It felt a little bit of bad taste, but I also think it wasn't um, a surprise to anyone that it was coming out. But I think we did assume that they would halt the release a little bit longer than it actually was released. I guess in a way it was always meant to be, you know, Imelda Staunton is an amazing actress, maybe not our favourite interpretation of Queen Elizabeth, but maybe as well in five or 10 years time, we might have a different opinion about it. You and I, we follow the royals on a daily basis. So for us, I think we're a bit too close to the nuclear in order to have an unbiased opinion. But I like that take, Ginny. I don't know whether I would be as defiant in my view that nobody should in the next year. But I don't know. I don't know. I've never really thought of it like that way before. But that's what Rachel and I think, and that's what Ginny thinks. Do you have a different opinion about season five of The Crown? Let us know over on Instagram, Keeping Up With The Windsor's Pod. Send us a message over there, or Rach, they can even send us a voice note themselves, can't they? Yeah, so as we always say, if you would like to be a part of any episode that we have, send us a voice note over on Instagram, DM us, and we'll include that voice note in any future episodes. Okay then, well, let's head into the Royal Roundup for this week, Rach, shall we? Let's do it. Now, Shell, we said at the time, the eight pallbearers that carried Her Majesty's coffin in her funeral possession, they should be awarded. And they have been. They are amongst those who have been recognised in a special honours list. The soldiers from the 1st Battalion Grenadier Guards have been awarded the Silver Royal Victorian Medal under the Royal Victorian Order as part of a special set of demise awards. Now, the Royal Victorian Order is bestowed by the King to those who have served the monarch or the royal family in a personal way. And this was founded by Queen Victoria in 1896. We also mentioned last week, didn't we, about the Royal Victorian Order ceremony that happened. The King Charles was the first ever time him attending this. And this is connected to the Royal Victorian Order. Yeah, so not only were the eight pallbearers recognised, but Angela Kelly, the Queen's personal assistant and curator of her wardrobe, has been awarded a commandeer of the Royal Victorian Order. Also recognised was the Queen's page, Paul Wybrew, who is known as Tall Paul, who appeared with the Queen in the Olympic skit oh he's one of the guys in the background yeah well he was the one that was standing when james bond and the queen come out of the audience room and they're walking and the corgis are all around them oh, I love do you it. remember that when they're walking in the palace yeah yeah i do i yeah. do and um as you probably know royal community i remember he was that very obviously very
very, very tall man that was in the funeral procession. He actually walked behind the royal family in that procession. What is a queen's page though, Rach? Do you know what, what that is, that role? He's kind of like, in a way, a personal assistant, a private secretary, bit of a jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> so he received the commandeer of the Royal Victorian Order, as do the former ladies-in-waiting, Philippa de Pass, Jennifer Gordon-Lennox and Terence Pendryshell, who worked as the Queen's stud groom, who stood with Her Majesty's pony Emma at the long walk in Windsor. Oh, did Emma get a, a demise award? No, Emma didn't, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> maybe she just got a golden carrot. So this is something that I've never heard of before, a demise award. But I think it's a great way for those that have been in service to the Queen for so many years have this special recognition. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think there's a lot of people behind the scenes that never really get the recognition. And that's what I really love about the Royal Victorian Order. It's very personal. Like, for instance, Angela Kelly, we know that she knew Her Majesty for over 20 years. She was with her on a day-to-day basis. There was so much connection to how Her Majesty showed up in the world and Angela Kelly's influence. And the stud groom, again, I never really knew who this person was until he was with the pony Emma at Windsor. And it's nice to put a a face to a name as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's important to note as well, Shell, is that these people, they have worked for Her Majesty for such a long time. And it's one of those things where we don't know about them because they're not people that have gone to the press, that have sold stories. They've been a constant in Her Majesty's life. And as we know, Her Majesty loved horses. And if she wasn't queen, she would have been a countrywoman. She obviously would have been a princess, but she would have led a very different life. And I think that's what's nice is that she did have that person side that not many people actually got to see. Yeah, totally. I remember reading in The Other Side of the Coin, Angela Kelly's book, that she talks about her very first meeting with the Queen and Prince Philip. And it was at another stately home that she was working at. And I'm just paraphrasing here, but Prince Philip said, oh, and who are you having visiting next? And she said, well, I would like to tell you that information, but I can't because I'm under the Secrecy Act, basically. The person's coming who's really important. She got um, talking to somebody in the Queen's household and they said this job has come available and the Queen is asking for you because of her secrecy. So it really does tie into what you were just saying, Rach, about not selling stories and being really trustworthy. And I think Angela Kelly has stood the test of time with that. Absolutely. Right. Shall we move on to shaping us? Let's do it. So last week we spoke about Catherine's inaugural meeting with her business task force for the Shaping Us campaign. And to continue, she's written an article for the Financial Times. Now, in this article, Catherine said, we must recognize the challenge for parents balancing work with a nurturing home life in their children's formative years. Employers have an important role in making that possible. And then a video was released where Catherine met Iceland's boss, Richard Walker, and chatted about the importance role that businesses can play in building a supportive and nurturing world around children. Rach, this was a video that was released on the Prince and Princess of Wales' YouTube channel, but they didn't release it on the Shaping Us YouTube channel, which I found really bizarre. Did you notice that? Yeah, I didn't notice that. So where's the correlation? I thought, you know, this would bring a bigger audience if it was on both of them. I know. Bear in mind, Royal Community, if it's on there and I haven't seen it and it's my mistake, 
I'll delete that last bit. I'll double check before I put it up. Um, we were chatting last week about the Shapiness campaign and is it having an impact? And what was really interesting about watching this video is Richard Walker, he's on quite a few talk shows here in the UK. So he's not just like a normal kind of managing director of a business. We do see him on our televisions. He's on like question time and that type of stuff. So it was interesting him being part of the business task force. But Iceland here is a very low cost supermarket, even though, you know, drinking game, we have a cost of living crisis here in the UK. And most of the supermarkets are expensive anyway, but they're like the cheapest of the most expensive, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. <laughs> when I when I first saw this, my actual words out of my mouth were as if Catherine has, has ever set foot in an Iceland. She's a waitress girl. Come on. <laughs> she is a waitress girl. And did you see, in order to slum it with the rest of us, she put some jeans on while she was... <laughs> In the video. <laughs> Richard said in this video, I had an awareness that early years was important, but I had no idea just how important they were. And again, I think this is something that this research and the science behind shaping us that has taken years and years and years to put together is showing actually that these soft skills that we learn as children have a knock-on effect on how we act and behave and show up in business as well. So that's the business aspect that they were chatting about in this video, how we shape as adults and in the world around us. And Richard was basically saying, this is an important part of getting a great job, being good at communication, having relationships with people, and that is used in business. And so as the business task force, creating that awareness around how important early years are, is actually helping future businesses to create more profits or to have a happier workforce. So it is important. But I remember last episode, I could not connect those two things. Mm. There was just not enough information coming out for me personally. And when they talk about the science, when you go on to the website, there isn't that much statistically for us to look through. So I understand that it is an awareness piece. And I'm glad these conversations are coming out. But you mentioned last week, but didn't you, Rachel? I'm just being impatient. I just need mm. to wait. And then this Iceland thing came out. But still, I still don't think it's a real tangible thing. What do you think? I think when they're talking about the work-life balance, I think it's important to recognise that businesses are trying to shift to have more of that balance because we've seen it, particularly here in the UK, um, what we call smarter ways of working. It might mean that you work, I don't know, an eight till four, and then one day you, your child has a doctor's appointment. So you have to leave for a couple of hours and then you make up the time back another day. Yeah, it's like flexible working, isn't it? Yeah, flexible working. So you're given that opportunity and businesses need to, at this point, start to buck the trend and become more flexible because you know, society changes. And I think what we're looking at in terms of shaping us, and we're looking at the first naught to five years, that's where the build-up, that nurturing side comes in. And if you've got a parent that's not there all the time, then you're not going to have that same connection. And obviously, some people don't have that choice. Yeah. And I think that's important to mention, like everybody's circumstances are very different. Yeah. But it's how we balance that and how we have that work-life balance. 
I completely agree with you. And I am a massive advocate for the four day working week because I think, you know, you just become more productive. You're able to then have a day where you just do nothing. And then you have your day of, you know, doing your chores and then a day of socializing family that's needed in our lives. And having a five day work week, you just never get there. You never really feel like you're ever catching up with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. What I'll do is any of the patronages, charities, and links that we mentioned in today's episode will always be in the show notes for you. So just scroll up on your phone or if you're on the Podbean app, you can always go to our um, webpage and there will be very detailed notes where we do every single week for you to click on the links and either donate to the charities or watch the link. So if you want to watch this video, I'll pop the link in the show notes. But Richard and Catherine were talking about how in businesses, they can also start the conversation about emotional soft skills. And something that Iceland are doing actually is at the checkouts, they have a board that is at child heights for like little children naught to five. And it's got loads of emojis on it. And it says, how am I feeling today? And there's like an emoji for happiness or sadness or hunger. Again, it's one of those things where it's a starting point for a conversation for people who maybe struggle to have those emotional connections with their children children. Because although it's a natural thing to love your child, it's another skill to teach them how to be emotionally connected to another person, or even to have the conversation around that, because you as an adult might not have had that. So there isn't any shame about it. It literally is just another tool to use to start the conversation around emotions. And I thought that was an excellent way that Iceland is able to do that. That must be a new thing, because I was in Iceland the other week, and I didn't see that. So next time I go in there, I'll have a look and I'll I'll report back Royal Community if it's in my local Iceland. Then, Rach, we had some Royal State news. What's going on with Charles and Camilla? Yeah, so this week, Charles and Camilla were supposed to have their state visit to France and then Germany, but the France visit was postponed due to ongoing protests in the country. Yeah. So currently, at the moment of recording, um, the King and the Queen Consort are in Germany and they started their state visit yesterday, which was Wednesday. But what we're going to do, Royal Community, is we're going to keep all that information and we're going to cover the whole state visit in next week's episode. So we won't be talking about that today we're going to save it all for next week because as we know it's easter the Waleses are on holiday so there's not much really going on in the royal world at the moment apart from the king and the queen consorts visits and we mentioned last week that we actually think that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes to do with the coronation the preparations so it makes sense there would be less engagements but a little sneak peek we did see lovely camilla with a tiara on yesterday so we will be covering that next week oh, I can't wait let me just say i thought she looked absolutely fabulous <laughs> that's a little spoiler for you for next week <laughs> right let's move on to the royal news for this week Right, Rach, William was in Poland last week. So tell us all about it. Yes, as we mentioned last week, this was an unexpected visit. So we spoke about William visiting troops in Poland. And then he visited an accommodation centre, which currently houses over 300 women and children who have fled Ukraine. And the centre provides two free meals a day, Polish language lessons, employment support and free shopping to give residents access to clothes and sanitary and hygiene products. How incredible is this? 
That is massive because I think, to be honest, when en- anything happens to do with war, you're going to go with hardly anything on your back, right? You just yeah. need to get safe. You're fleeing your country. And you think of things like sanitary and hygiene products that can all mount up over time. So it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. This accommodation center. It really is. And what I really enjoyed about the social media aspect of it was the video wasn't about William. It was about some of the residents and it was highlighting their stories. It just goes to show that we wasn't expecting William to be in Poland. His visit actually lifted spirits. It did. And I tell you one thing that I found so, I won't say chivalrous, but it's not the right word. It's just maybe human about William is when he sat down to talk to people. And this is during his whole Poland trip. Whilst he was there... If anybody was trying to speak English, because obviously you've got the Prince of Wales right in front of you, you're going to try and communicate as best you can. He just sat down and he said, you don't have to speak English, please. If you feel comfortable speaking Ukrainian or Polish, we have a translator here. And I just thought, you know, fair enough, that that's just, it just sounds diplomacy, doesn't it? But it was just the way that he did it. He did it with so much kindness. And there was a lot more time taken listening to people. And like you said, really putting the focus on them. It was all about the people and their struggle and what's actually happening right now. Yeah, he really shows that empathetic side of him, didn't he, on this trip? Yeah, and I tell you what, people always say there's a lot of Diana in Harry, but there's a lot of Diana in William. Honestly, I think there's there's so much connection with the plight of people and the empathy there. And this is another way of him showing that. And also, you said, Rach, you just said that there were so many spirits that were lifted by the Prince of Wales showing up there. So I'm just so happy that everyone had that little bit of light relief, I guess, in their day. On his second day in Poland, William laid a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier in Warsaw and afterwards met the president of Ukraine, Andrzej Duda. I'm very sorry if I just butchered that. I probably did. At the presidential palace to thank the president and the Polish people who have supported the people of Ukraine. Shell, laid a wreath. We have something for that, don't we? We do. 10 Royal Community Points, if you remember what our shout out is. One, two, three. Bequeath the wreath, Royal Community. That's a new one. That's our that's our first bequeath the wreath that we've actually said out loud. <laughs> I know, definitely. So to conclude the trip, William went to the Halakoshiki Food Hall, where he spoke to young Ukrainian refugees who have settled into a new way of life in Warsaw by continuing their studies or by seeking employment. He also heard about their hopes for the future. Young ladies were holding signs saying, thank you for your your visit William and he also took selfies it was just so lovely and heartfelt to see so many people in support of the Prince of Wales and his support of them yeah and again considering nobody knew this trip was happening it wasn't advertised until when he was actually there where he would be going and these sort of engagements they never announce time it's kind of one of those things where you have to just show up and wait and hope for the best that you get to see him but again what I liked about this was there wasn't an expected crowd to attend because there was no barriers up like we had when we went and saw the King in Milton Keynes and so this was just people on the streets and then it's like oh there's Prince William. <laughs> yeah. Some people were like really shocked. And obviously everyone's getting their camera phones out and filming and taking pictures. But again, it was just so heartwarming to see because he's there on an official capacity, but 
like you said, it's just showing this human side and really empathising with the people and what they've gone through. I just I just couldn't celebrate William more for this trip. And this really shows his diplomatic side. And I think when his time comes, he's going to be a fantastic head of state because he already has those core principles instilled in him of mm. what his future in that role will be. Absolutely. And I think I mentioned a couple of episodes ago about... Charles's speech that he made about Ukraine being too political. But actually, I think these types of engagements, although they're still politically charged as in in a diplomacy way, these ring true for me because they are part of their role as head of state. It just reminds me of how much the role of a royal is connected to our political state as a country and how it sends a message to the world about where our allegiances lie, but in a very subtle way. And I think, to be honest, I have had an issue with that personally because it just feels like maybe that is a political thing, but actually they are the spokespeople of the UK, right? Yeah, and this trip wouldn't have got as much publicity if it was, say, for instance, our Prime Minister Rishi Sunak going over there. Yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't have had the same reaction as it had. Um, one other thing that I wanted to mention was William was seen at a restaurant. And as you know, Royal Community, if you've listened before, we do not post pat pics on our social media. Um, but this wasn't a pat pic. This was a pic that someone in the restaurant who was eating at said restaurant took. Mm-hmm. He was eating his dinner and all of a sudden... Prince William rocks up. Oh, I now, love apparently, it. Apparently, the owner of the restaurant said when the booking was made, it was obviously a Kensington Palace member of staff, made the booking, didn't even mention that William was going to turn up. And then there was this a bit of a hoo-ha over on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, Shell, because the restaurant was a LGBTQ plus restaurant. And so there were some people that were like, oh, yay, William supporting. Yeah. And then other people were putting William down for going there. And I was just oh, like, goodness me. is it just because he wanted to eat with his, his staff members? Wow. You know? It's like you can't do right for doing wrong, can you, when you're William? I just love the fact that he went to an LGBTQ plus restaurant. Like, bring it on, is what I say. <laughs> what I loved, though, is that after William left, the owner put a piece of paper on the back of the chair and it said Prince William. <laughs> and it's to say, you'll be charged extra now because Prince William's yeah. Here. <laughs> his glass might be on eBay right now. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get it go ahead. I don't know if it is royal. Community. You want to get some royal DNA <laughs> on you? No, I know. <laughs> well, that's it. That's royal news for this week. What are your thoughts on William in Poland? Did you enjoy the engagements that he went on? Because we also actually saw him in like army barracks as well, didn't we, Rach? Like meeting with the army soldiers out there. There was a lot going on on this trip in a very short space of time. Absolutely. As we said, we'll cover the King Queen Consort State Visit to Germany in next week's episode. So make sure you tune in for that. If you would love to support Michelle and I, you can over on Kofi. It's four pounds or six bucks, and that helps to keep the podcast on the air. That goes towards our editing and our music and our podcast hosting. If you would like to become part of our VIP Royal Community, you can. That's £4 or 6 bucks a month. And that will get you a VIP Royal Community Zoom call each month. And we also have a private Facebook group. And we have lots of content that we don't necessarily upload onto our other platforms. And we just share with our members on there. 
Yeah, our next Zoom call is on the 22nd of April, which we're so excited about. We had our March call yesterday and it was brilliant. It was so lovely to meet everybody on the call as well. If you would love to rate and review our podcast, you can on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and also on Podbean. Now, also on Spotify, there's now polls and also questions. So I'll be popping some of that on there as well. So come on over and interact with us there or you can head on over to Instagram, keeping up with the Windsor's pod or email us keeping up with the Windsor's pod at gmail.com if you want more extra royal content you can find us over on youtube keeping up the Windsor's where we have our visits to the palaces and also if you want to see michelle and i meeting the king we've got a vlog on that and also our time at the platinum jubilee and also us in the queue for 13 and a half hours so <laughs> lots and lots of content over on youtube thank you so much for being here we will see you next week where we're talking all things state visits on keeping up with the Windsors. Windsors.